I'm Jessica Chobot, and this is AI Hype versus Reality, an original podcast from Dell Technologies. I'm in New York, and I'm about to take the stage to perform a sitcom written with an AI bot in front of a live audience. But first, I'm going to meet Jamie Brew, the guy behind all this. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Jamie. Nice to meet you. So what are we doing today? Today, we're going to write a scene from a predictive text sitcom from family sitcoms from the 80s and 90s, mostly. Oh, okay. So ones I'm very familiar with. This came from just looking at... Predictive text or... Yeah, just from looking at the predictive text bar on any smartphone, if you just make that a game and strictly keep choosing one of those three options, you write these sentences that are like, I have a lot going on in my life but I think it will be good for me to get a new car. And it sounds... <laughs> that sounds like perfect, like it makes perfect sense. And so have you ever done a sitcom before and performed it, or is this the first time? This is the first time we're going to be performing a predictive oh, really? sitcom. To a live group, yeah. That's right. You're going to be a writer, and yeah. you're going to be in the cast. All right, cool. Sounds good. I'm terrified. Great. Let's do it. All right. The Family Show is filmed in front of baby castles in New York. The Family Show, interior school hallway, Older sister is at her locker, putting away her stuff. <sighs> hold on, hold on. Before we hear any more of how that performance turned out, let's pick apart the hype from the reality when it comes to AI and creativity. Everything from advertising to fashion design will be completely driven by AI. Art of all kinds, including music, books, and even fine art will be conceived, written, performed by AIs with no human involvement. No job is safe from being automated, even those in the creative class. And all of this is going to happen any day now. As always, I am joined by resident AI guru Dave Graham, director of Emerging Technologies and Messaging at Dell Technologies. You've heard the hype around creativity and AI, so what is your reality check? Is current AI capable of replicating human creativity? Let's answer the question in this podcast. What is art? <laughs> well, at the risk of offending many, many people, I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> in all seriousness, creativity is, is uh, you know, the expression, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? Uh, creativity is very much the same way, right? What constitutes creativity? Um, NVIDIA, for example, recently released a software program or an AI program that said you can draw stick figures and will suddenly compose landscape scenes that are almost picture realistic. Now, it means my, my 11-year-old can sit there and doodle and suddenly turn into Monet. When I look at that or I look at anything that's been generated there, I perceive it in the way that I want to perceive it without knowing you know, who created it at all. Well, creativity, of course, is very nebulous. I don't know how we're going to actually get to the bottom of it in this podcast, but we are sure going to try. So who did you talk to when it comes to AI and creativity as a whole? All right. So first, I wanted to take a look at how fine art paintings, drawings, and that sort of thing are, are influenced by AI. So I spoke with Harshit Agarwal. He's an artist whose primary medium is not watercolors or pastels. It's machine learning. He creates paintings and installations with AI. And he's all about the continuum of creativity between people and AI. In some sense, the creative outputs that we have are a collection of all the things we've experienced, seen, been through. Uh, and that's exactly what the machine does. I did a piece called Tandem, wherein uh, uh, the machine is trained on a collection of millions of images of all kinds of things in the world. So it's built up a visual understanding um, of the world in a way similar to what uh, 
uh, an average human might then what i do with tandem is i get someone to a human to do a doodle or a or a random sketch and then the machine takes that random sketch and interprets what it sees within that to then complete the paintings this person drew trees without leaves and uh, the computer imagined them as uh, as dogs with large ears so it drew like a dog face at the center of the bark and uh, sort of the branches became these ears so that's something that no no other human being would have imagined for me personally i'm definitely much more interested in uh, in how i can use uh, ai or machine learning to to augment my sense of creativity or to give me new interesting ways of of sort of making art making experiences i find it interesting also that that ai didn't necessarily create anything on its own it still needed a human element with the human's own creativity to bring that through so this is just essentially a really high functioning paintbrush or pencil or whatever it is that you know you want to equate it to some artistic tool goes down to like a, there's always these fun things is math art Right. So, I mean, if you look at the underpinnings of AI, there's algorithms. Are algorithms art? Is the development of them art? If you see these things to you as the consumer of it or the recipient of it or the perceiver of it, it may not be. But to those who create, and I think that's really what it's striving for. And to your point, Jessica, like he's kind of doing this meta creation thing. He's letting his palette be developed by something that he's, you know, put time, effort, and energy into, and it's and it's evoking something. Yeah, and I like that you mentioned math because I feel like that flow can go both ways. It's not one side or the other necessarily only being the instigator because you have something like the golden ratio, for an example, which a lot of uh, painters from the Renaissance era and throughout have used to, you know, format their paintings in a specific way, and that is very much in like deeply in math um so then aside from that who else did you talk to so next i wanted to find out more about ai and music so i went and talked with pierre barreau the co-founder and ceo of ava ava is an artificial intelligence that writes music for soundtracks video games tv shows and any kind of entertainment Ava is like a machine learning algorithm, a deep learning algorithm that uh, takes uh, as input 30,000 scores of history's greatest composers. So Mozart, Bach, Beethoven, it, it reads all those scores of music and it will try to infer some uh, musical rules. So like rules of rhythm, um, melody, harmony and so forth. And then once it's learned all those rules, it's able to actually create a totally original piece of music. So, for example, we may say, okay, I like the Moonlight Sonata of Beethoven. I'd like to compose a piece of music that sounds, uh, you know, uh, that has the same emotional characteristic as that piece of music. So I, I think the, the, the idea that music can be mathematical is not so scary. It's more like uh, Mozart used uh, to roll dices in order to, you know, you know have the, 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 the randomness of the act of throwing dices tell him to... Uh, you know, to compose in a specific way. And honestly, what I what I think computers are good at is creating a lot of ideas, but then the, really the role of the, uh, the musician or the composer is to interpret those ideas and give them meaning. This particular topic hits really close to home because back in, I would say, eh, the early 2000s when I went to art college, uh, the fine arts department would always be getting in an argument with the um, 
illustration department and the computer illustration department because nobody respected the computer illustrators because it was not real art. But then all the computer illustrators and illustration department would roll their eyes and say that the fine artists were snobs because, it, of course, it is art. It's, it's just, you know, and so we were, as students, stuck in the middle and uh, just kind of left to hang until, until, you know, society caught up with what science was doing. It was very, very interesting. Yeah, I mean, what's the, what's the nature of synthesizers, right? It's really, you know, it's keys that you press, it's math that's created through a DSP, and it's music that's outputted for it. It requires an input. You know, we can use, like Pierre was saying, we can use history to inform the musical palette. Again, we're painting with a different palette here. It's music this time. We're going to process it through this thing, but it's all been derived based on, you know, the original intent, which was to create something, right? Right. Well, thank you for your insights, Dave. Once again, uh, I'm going to take that idea of creatively working with AI and instead of being afraid of it, like my professors, uh, I'm going to take it down to a club in New York uh, for a live, yes, live, a uh, performance of a sitcom written by a comedy bot. So while I'm not afraid of what the comedy bot's going to do, I am afraid of my own performance. <laughs> well, best <laughs> luck to you on that one, Jessica. Thank you. But before I head to New York, I'm actually going to hear the story behind the first album ever composed and produced with AI. My name is Taryn Southern, and I am a technologist and storyteller. Taryn is also the woman behind I Am AI. As the first truly AI album, it was a lot of work just getting it off the ground. First, I had to hound all of the founders of these technology companies because a lot of the software wasn't yet publicly available. I reached out to everyone that I could, learned how to use each one of the different pieces of software, and then, and then set out on my experimentation. But what is actually involved? What is it actually like to try to compose music with an AI? You start by setting a number of different parameters, such as genre, mood, BPM, instrumentation. Early on in the beginning of making the album, I really wanted to combine a cinematic orchestral mood with pop. It was choosing instrumentation like cellos or violins and then mixing them with synthesizers and other more electronic pop elements. So how did composing with an AI differ from composing music on her own? In real life, I don't really play instruments very well. I can plunk out a few keys on the keyboard, <laughs> barely create a few odd chords. So when I have to make a song on my own, I have to augment my own skill sets by working with other humans, of course, producers, instrumentalists, whatnot. The tricky part with that, of course, is that it really, for someone like myself, it, it, it was limiting in terms of how much I could create, how quickly I could create, and how I could even identify my own style and preferences on my own. And so I think a lot of times I would sort of take the back seat in the music creation process. So AI put Taryn in the driver's seat. I was making all the editorial changes iterating as many times as I needed without worrying about tiring someone out or going past my budget. <laughs> and I think that's that's really the core difference. But in, in many ways, it felt very similar in, in the sense that I had a creation partner. There was a process of back and forth, almost like, um, like uh, improv with comedy. Ah, nice foreshadowing there, Taryn, of what I'm about to do. Anyway, having been through the process for the first time ever, working with an AI to compose an album, can an AI really be creative? Ultimately, whether or not the machine is creative is almost irrelevant. Um, 
they can be used as incredible tools for augmenting or substituting or transforming human creativity. And ultimately, it is the human that is in the driver's seat, that's in the, the director's chair and making all of the decisions. So does Taryn think this is the dawn of a new era in human AI creativity? Over the next five, 10 years, we'll see a huge expansion upon those capabilities. I'm really excited about the ability to be able to sing a melody that I hear in my head, then give the AI parameters around how to, to create music around that melody, and then and then be able to sift through interesting variations of music um, that allow me to just create vo vocal melodies and lyrics. I'd swallow swords and juggle fire, jump across electric wire, pierce my nose and dye my hair, ride a bull and fight a bear. I think it's an amazing thing to be able to express oneself with the proper tools. And you have to look at a lot of the world doesn't have music education, doesn't have the arts embedded in their, in their um, formative years. And my goodness, I have actually learned more about the music creation process by working with AI than I ever learned in sort of the 10 years of making music with other people. Well, I'm about to put Taryn's AI creativity optimism to the test. All right, so we're down in the gallery slash basement of a building in New York City, and we're sitting in the writer's room, which is a big long table with a bunch of laptops, and I've got other guests here. Hi, everybody. Jessica. Hi, Jess. Nice, nice to meet you. you. Hello. Nice to meet you. Hey, I'm Jamie. Jamie, You're I know you that, already. Yeah. So um, I guess let's just get into it. Uh, that What do I do? Because this looks crazy to me. So on all of these <laughs> screens, we have a version of VoiceBox, which uh -huh. is our predictive text keyboard. And each of these interfaces is going to suggest words that are specific to a different kind of character in sitcoms. There's right. one that is for older sister who's a composite of older sister characters from a bunch of different sitcoms. There's one for love interest, mm -hmm. and there is romantic rival, who's another girl at the school, a popular bully. Each of these keyboards suggests lines that are specific to that character type, and we're going to be first casting you three as these three characters, and then co-writing a scene with those three characters through these predictive text keyboards. So remember, these predictive text keyboards are powered by like a bazillion sitcoms from the 80s and 90s, making it the ultimate sitcom AI writing machine. So I see that you've assigned me the role of romantic rival, uh, which is the snotty girl in the school. So I feel like I can potentially pull this off. Who are you going to be? Uh, I think I'm more of an older sister type. <laughs> yeah. And I'm clearly a love interest, so I'm going to be the love interest. Awesome. Great. Who are you going to be? She'll be reading the stage directions, which once we have our dialogue, we're going to write to tie the scene together. I guess how do I get started with choosing these words? Because I'm just looking uh, at this computer monitor and I see like three rows of about five to six words. Yeah. And, and, and they change every time I click on them. <laughs> so. Yeah. Each of these 18 words is a word that is likely to begin a sentence that a romantic rival character says Would in a sitcom. Say. If we choose one of those words, just mm -hmm. like if you were choosing a word on your predictive text on your phone, mm -hmm. then a new screen of words shows up, which are the words that are likely to come after 
I think the biggest mistake some, that you can make Fair. trying this for the first time is trying to be too prescriptive and plan what your character is going to say. Like, we have a general idea of the scene, but I think it's just good to start clicking and making things that are grammatical sentences and sort of seeing where it takes you. Because sometimes then you find an idea that you didn't even have in the first place. Oh, I got another winner. <clears throat> Not even thinking your love lawyers have anything, I will. Great. Got that right. Just a second. I'm jumping in here because I don't want you to hear any more before the actual performance. So, spoilers! And just to be clear, while I am a TV and podcast host and I've done plenty of stuff on camera, I'm not an actor, I'm not a performer, and I have serious stage fright. And at this point, as the room is filling up, because there's a ton of people here, I'm really starting to wonder if putting myself in the hands of an AI sitcom writing bot was a great idea. Hello. Is that, is that working? That's working. Uh, welcome, everyone. Thank you for coming out to Television Night with Botnik in the basement of Baby Castles. The family show, interior school hallway. Older sister is at her locker putting away her stuff. <sighs> same city, the same mold, the same reality. I'm so beautiful and I can't take it anymore. <laughs> Romantic rival approaches. It's miserable enough to be here in this bad part of town, and now you have to mess up my life! The world is not going to embarrass me. I'm doing a great life. <laughs> you don't care why I'm sorry about how hard you worked. Uh, just because I'm an emergency waitress doesn't mean I can make you an egg in the hall. <laughs> Love interest enters. Hey there, older sister and the other thing. You love to be with me every single day. Do you know where to get the thermometer to tell me how amazing you are? You have no idea what you don't understand. Not even thinking your love lawyers have anything I will. Well, my bike is the cutest girl I know, but you two are pretty cool for human beings. Convince me that you are my sunshine. Uh, uh, you set me on fire with your eyeballs. Oh, let's go find a really small room just large enough to have two sexy people in it. You know what? She's a pain mess and chronic enough to fight. My friends, dreams are a curse. Please, let me play a motorcycle solo for you. And that brings us to the end of our scene. We're cutting to somewhere else, but we haven't written it yet. So give it up for the Family Show cast. And the Family Show band. On the Family Show. I'm really glad that that's over from a nervous perspective. That being said, I legit thought that it turned out a lot better than I was expecting. Super funny, true laugh out loud moments, and just kind of like this weird feeling of camaraderie alongside the people that I wrote with. So, hype versus reality, how does it stack up? Overall, I don't think AI is anywhere close to the point where it's going to overtake human creativity. That being said, it's an excellent tool to expand creativity as a whole. That's AI Hype versus Reality from Dell Technologies. And to see what that sitcom performance actually looked like, make sure and check out dellTechnologies.com slash hypevreality. Next time on the podcast, can AI replace doctors and nurses and actually do a better job at keeping us healthy? Stay tuned.